Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Nick Augustine here with Attorney Mark Scroggins from Scroggins Family Law in Dallas, serving Dallas, Collin, and Denton counties. This is the Scroggins Family Law podcast series featuring news and information in Texas divorce and family law. On today's program, we're going to talk about preparing for a January divorce in the event that you made it through the holidays, gave it your best shot, and have decided it's time to turn the page into a new chapter in your life. So talking for about preparing for January divorce, we'll talk about being certain about filing divorce. We'll talk about doing your research and hiring a lawyer. We'll also talk about what you can expect in the first month when you file for divorce. Of course, we'll also cover some tips on negotiating financial, housing, and child care issues. I'm here with attorney Mark Scroggins, who's board certified in family law. He's an aggressive and experienced trial attorney practicing in Dallas, Collin, and Denton counties. This is a general information program, and this program is not legal advice. And it's time to say good morning to Mark Scroggins. Hey, Mark, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, I am freezing my tail off waiting for the HVAC repairman and was advised that it's best to turn the unit off and wait for them to show up and put a fire in the fireplace. So I'm making do as we all try to rebuild after this blue norther. Yeah, I guess uh, you know Dallas actually I think made out pretty well. I heard from my daughter yesterday that Austin actually had snow, so uh, I'll, I'll make a little interesting. I'll, 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 I'll make a I'll make a snowman quick. When the funny thing is, I'm, I'm saying let's have this cold weather because then I take off tomorrow down to South Padre when it's supposed to be back in the normal weather. So crossing my fingers. So as we're just trying to get through the month of December, like everybody else, which brings us to the topic of what we're talking about today is. Preparing for that January divorce in the event that you've really given it your best, Thanksgiving might have been okay, you tried to get everything, uh, you took all our, our, our good advice last month on how to schedule everything, and things just are going wrong, Christmas is coming up right around the corner, and some people have decided, it is time, let's do this. So 
let's jump in right away and talk about being certain when filing for divorce, really making sure that you've thought about it, not something you're impulsively doing, um, and maybe talking about the possibilities of marriage counseling, reconciliation, kind of going down that checklist of really being mm -hmm. certain that divorce is what's going to be best for you. Well, I mean, you know, divorce is something that definitely should not be entered into lightly. I mean, there are a lot of people, I think, that, um, you know, you heard a lot, uh, I want to say, a few years ago, people were talking about starter marriages and stuff like that. Uh, but most of the time, you know, if you've got kids involved or a significant amount of property, I mean, it's it's definitely not something to be taken lightly uh, or to be, you know, just done on a whim, so to speak. Uh, you know, the only only time I would really suggest that uh, you need to get out and get out quick is, you know, if there's violence involved. If there's violence involved, you need to, you know, feet don't fail me now, get the hell out of there uh, and in a hurry. And, uh, you know, then you can figure everything else out. But as far as things that, that people generally need to do, one of the things that I will always, you know, the first question I'm going to ask people is, you know, is this what you really want? Have you, you know, is there any possibility that y'all are going to reconcile? Is, you know, the poss is there a possibility of, of doing some marriage counseling? Is that something you're interested in? If it's something you're interested in, is it something that, that your spouse would be willing to do? So, you know, it's, it's kind of like most things when you start talking about marriages or uh, relationships, you know, it takes two to tango. So just because you want to go to counseling does not mean that your spouse does and definitely does not mean uh, that you're going to be able to go. Now, the other thing, uh, the other thing you might want to consider is to uh, – you might want to go and do some counseling on your own. I mean, talking to a professional about what is happening in your marriage or how you perceive things are happening um, is is really good uh, to help you identify what issues are out there. If this is something that you know your perception of things is a little skewed, if you have unrealistic expectations of what a marriage is. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people that start thinking, well, uh, you know, they're, they're basing their happiness on the other person and that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, you know, you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to, you know, happiness comes from, comes from within. Now the other person can definitely help in, uh, you know, making things uncomfortable or, or unpleasant, but, uh, you sure can't rely on somebody else for, for your happiness. So that, that's kind of a starting point. Um, the other thing along with the, you know, going and talking to a counselor is, you know, talk, if, if you are really seriously considering getting a divorce, sitting down with a board certified divorce attorney is a really good idea just to see what's involved and say, okay, here's, here's what the facts are. I don't know that I'm ready to pull the trigger on this, but but if I am, what are my options? Uh, and then talking about what you would want, what your goals would be. And, you know, when there are kids involved, uh, you know, especially, you know, younger ones, that is, well, anytime you have kids involved, it's going to be really, really important. But with kids, uh, the younger they are, the longer that relationship happens with the other spouse where there are so many 
decisions that are going to that are going to take two or or maybe they don't take two because of you know you you get exclusive rights on some things but sitting down with a divorce lawyer and talking about okay here's what i would want to happen with the kids here's what i would want conservatorship to be here's what i would want possession and access to be and and talking about um you know, talking about property division or, or what are your concerns? You know, have you been a stay-at-home mom? So do you have concerns about liquidity? Uh, you know, have you been the, um, the big wage earner? And so you've got a, a lot of stuff in, uh, tied up with, with stock options and things of that sort. So are you concerned about holding on to uh, – Onto that, so there, there's just a whole lot of different issues that that come up, and you know, strategy is going to be dependent on really what you are hope, hoping to uh, to accomplish. You know, I'm, I, and when you talk about sitting down and talking through all these different scenarios with a family law attorney, some people I've known have said, "Okay, this is something that." does not need to be immediate. It's something that I want, but I have now I know what I'm up against and I need right. six months to get my ducks in a row or maybe I'm just ready to go right now. Um, and right. In, in finding that lawyer, let's focus in a little on lawyers we may know. Um, you know, we always like be people we know like and trust and we may have someone we know socially who's a great lawyer and a good friend, but they, you know, might not necessarily practice exclusively in family law. That person might right. be a good referral to someone else, but if they don't know the family law arena, they don't necessarily know who the really good family law attorneys are. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, and the board certification uh, is a, a compelling thing to look for. Mark, I know that you are board certified. Can you talk a little bit about what that means and why it's important for someone to find a lawyer who knows this stuff inside and out? Sure. Um you know, family law is just very, very specialized. I mean, there are a whole lot of moving parts in it. You know, we were just talking about kid issues, and with the kid issues, you know, there are a whole bunch of different factors that that go on there. And the same thing with property division. The reason that you want to look at somebody, I think, who is who is board certified or, um, you know, at least a firm that that has some board certified lawyers in it who are you know teaching the younger ones. Uh, is because what to be able to get board certified, you have to have practiced uh, family law for you know an extensive period of time. It has to have been the majority of your practice, uh, you know, for for quite some time. Or I think actually it says a a third now. I, I think there's a discussion about changing that to make it a little higher. Uh, but you have to have had a certain number of trials, a certain number of hearings, a certain number of mediations certain number of appeals all in the the area of family law. So what it is doing is to be able to to meet just to be able to sit for the board certification exam, uh, you have to meet all of these stringent requirements that frankly are are difficult uh are difficult to meet. So once you do that, then you have to sit down and uh take the board certification exam and you know that thing is testing your knowledge of the entirety of the family code and it is not a uh, you know it's not a cakewalk so if somebody is board certified 
you know that they have a different level of expertise than, you know, what Joe Blow on the street is who, you know, says that they practice family law or, uh, you know, that's just part of what their practice is. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with continuing legal education, are there board certification requirements in addition to the regular state requirements for continuing legal education? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a higher a higher number of CLEs that are going to be required. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, people that are board certified because of that are also members of what's called the College of the State Bar of Texas, which is, you know, instead of having the 15 hours uh, annually, you're having 30 hours annually. And, uh, you know, so it's it, – these people are, you know, definitely more on top of the family law – arena, so to speak, than others are. And, you know, the, the laws change, and there are all kinds of things that uh, are kind of a, a moving target. But unless it's something that you do day in and day out, uh, you know, you're not going to know that. So uh, that is why, you know, if I were going to be going through something, you know, I would want to sit down with somebody who's, who's board certified, who, who knows the ins and outs of it. Absolutely. And I'm going to suggest to people who are conscious of finances involved in, in hiring people, hiring a lawyer. Um, you know, people may have different rates, but I would rather have someone and pay them at a little bit of a higher hourly rate if I know that they can handle my matter and get it resolved more efficiently than someone with less experience who is spinning their wheels and doing donuts in the parking lot all day long and uh, we're never getting anything done. Um, you know, there's well, there's uh, the adage of you know you get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah, well, and that is that is absolutely correct and hugely important. I mean, one of the, you know, one of the things I will I will always tell clients is you know I hope your, I hope your spouse hires the absolute uh, uh, best lawyer that they can get uh, because that is frankly going to simplify things. Um, you know, if I'm sitting down with somebody else that uh, practices family law exclusively or, you know, almost exclusively, that is another board-certified attorney, you know, we're going to be able to, if we can't get something resolved, and, and plenty of times you cannot, uh, but at least we're going to generally be able to narrow those issues simply because we have a heightened level of experience and are going to know what certain courts you know, tendencies are in, in certain areas and based on what the facts are, you know, what is the range of possibilities uh, in this particular case? And so based on that, you know, you might be, well, you will be paying a higher rate, a uh, higher hourly rate, but the efficiency most likely is going to be dramatically better. I mean, there's a problem when you get somebody frankly, who doesn't really know what they're going to do, or there are some lawyers out there that, you know, are just a pain in the ass for being, for the sake of being a pain in the ass. And uh, you run it, you get one of those two, and it just runs up fees unnecessarily. You know, you get somebody who's who's good and knows what they're doing and is really out to, uh, uh, you know, help help that client. And, you know, it can be a much, much easier process. Right, right. I mean, the, the worst... I can remember working on an appeal one time where I thought either this opposing counsel is 
either I'm missing something or they're a complete idiot. I don't, you know, but you almost like you have to make their argument for them because they couldn't efficiently do it. And it's, there's nothing right. worse than being on the other side of someone who doesn't know what they're doing. So awful. So, again, don't, you know, it's, we don't go through, ideally we don't go through divorce many times in our life. It's not something that we get married thinking we're going to do. It's important to get it done right. If you don't get it done right the first time and have to keep coming back on the post-decree end, you're just going to continue spending more money and not only just money, but your time, energy, anxiety, all these things. So it is important to find a good lawyer. Find the best lawyer you can, really. It's so important. So let's shift to uh, talking about what people can expect the first month they file. So they may be, uh, you know, sitting sitting there in December preparing their uh, divorce financials. And by the way, I want to plug the blog uh, sections on the website where there's all sorts of articles uh, and a recent one talking about year-end issues, whether before, during, or after divorce. There's different things we might look at in setting our goals for finances for the year and the future and knowing that things are fluid and life is a transition. Um, having said that, you may be sitting there waiting and knowing that you're going to file you might do it in December. You might wait till January. What should you be ready for during that first month? Uh, thinking maybe about who's going to stay in the house with the kids. Is this something you tell your soon-to-be ex-spouse you're going to file uh, so you can figure these things out? Um, and just how do we plan for these initial divorce proceedings in that first month? Well, that's a really good question. Unfortunately, there's not just a static answer to that because every case is different. You know, I mean, there are some cases now, these are not typically the ones that I get hired on, but there are some cases where, uh, you know, the people uh, really have, you know, are very amicable and are, uh, you know, pretty much in agreement on stuff. So if you've got that kind of, you know, if you've got that kind of situation, uh, you know, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. You you probably have had a conversation with your spouse. You know, y'all have talked about, uh, hey, this just isn't working. What are we going to do with 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 the house? You know, what are we going to do with possession and access to the kids and conservatorship? You know, and that's a that's a great situation if you find yourself in that. Like I said, those are not typically the cases that I get hired on. I typically am hired on cases where it's much more of a fight. So let's talk about what I deal with day in and day out. If you are looking at, you're going to be filing something at the, uh, you know, in early January, odds are you are going to want to set a temporary order hearing. Now, what exactly is a temporary order hearing? It's just what it sounds like. The court is going to make temporary orders that are going to make determinations that are going to last through the pendency of the lawsuit. Now, they can be changed to some degree depending on if there's uh, some, some situations that change over time, but those are going to be like, Who's going to live in the house? Are the parents going to be joint managing conservators? If they are, who's going to be primary? What is the possession schedule with the child or children going to be? What is the amount of child support that is going to be paid? Uh, who's going to be carrying health insurance? What's going to be happening with uninsured uh, medical expenses? What's going to be happening with extracurriculars? Who can sign the kids up for extracurriculars? Who's going to pay for the extracurriculars? What, what are you all going to do about paying different bills? I mean, so there are a whole bunch of different things that are going on there. So if you're looking at doing that, you need to sit down, like I said before, with a really good board-certified uh, divorce lawyer and 
have a conversation about what are you trying to accomplish? Are you going to have a temporary order hearing? If you are, you know, what are the issues that are going to be tried in that temporary order hearing? Is it going to be, you know, are there going to be any agreements or is it going to be Katie bar the door? You know, we're fighting about everything. Uh, so, you know, depending on that, you're going to need, you know, financial information to be able to put together a financial, you know, what a monthly financial snapshot showing, you know, what you are making, what your spouse is making, uh, what all of the expenses are. I mean, you know, is there, is there one house? Is there, uh, are there multiple houses? Are, uh, you know, are there two cars? Are there 15 cars? Are there uh, different investment accounts? Are there, uh, things coming in off of oil and gas royalties? Are there intellectual property issues? You know, so all these different kinds of things that you need to look at. Then you get over into kid issues. You know, is child custody going to be an issue? Okay, well, so we need to look at, you know, who has been the quote-unquote primary parent and what is involved with that? Who gets who gets the kids up in the morning? Who gets the kids to school? Who You know, who takes, fixes them uh, breakfast? Who gets the kids after after school, who helps them with their homework, who gets them, uh, you know, who, who gets them fed, who gets them to, to baseball, softball, volleyball, football practice, who, uh, who gets them ready for bed, who helps with homework. I mean, so there are all of these different issues, you know, not to mention does, does mom or dad have a drug or alcohol issue? Is mom or dad having an extramarital affair and have introduced that the paramour to the kids. I mean, so they're, they're just a whole mess of different issues. And that's why there is not just a, uh, there's not just a cookie cutter response. I wish there was, but it all is going to depend on what the issues are in, in your case. So the most important thing I would say is, you know, get a hold of your financials, understand what that is. If you've got a bunch of text messages and emails and things like that, related to kid issues that are going to be advantageous, you know, don't get rid of anything. Make sure you, you are keeping track of that. If there's stuff that your, your spouse is putting on social media that makes them look like a jackass, make sure you've, you know, got copies of that because it's very possible that they're going to, you know, try to take, uh, take you off of that so you don't have access to it as easily. doesn't mean you can't get access, you know, with the help of the court, but it's always nice to, get whatever you can without that. So you just need to get some of those things in line, sit down with a lawyer, talk about, okay, here's what the facts are, here's what I want, here's what I hope to accomplish, now what do I need to do? And then you can go about, you know, getting your ducks in a row and deciding, okay, when am I going to be ready to go ahead and file? You know, very, very good points about being prepared for contingencies and, uh, you know, when the cat is let out of the bag, because, right. you know, just think about it. Just think about credit cards you might have access to, um, you know, and although people are not supposed to go moving things around and changing things, um, it's, you know, you see it happen all the time. And all of a sudden, Absolutely. You know, it's like that movie where the, you, know, you can't get your car out of the parking garage because your card won't work and your cell phone is turned off and you're, you know, mm-hmm. so it, 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 although it might be ideal to sit down and say, hey, honey, I know that we've been, uh, you know, working on all this, but I think it's time to make the break. I'm telling you this is a courtesy. I mean, you know, some people might appreciate the honesty, you know, if you've been in a relationship with someone. Um, but, you know, again, it could, even though you expect them to be mature about it, you know, that you might get something thrown at your head. You just never know. 
Um, you know, there's another thing that we have not talked about uh, very much, but but there's so many people moving, uh, you know, to to North Texas and you know, your practice in Dallas and Plano and Frisco. There are a lot of people who are international uh, residents as well, and sometimes international issues come up in, in some of these divorces as well. And we think about there's some countries out there who have, um, like there are Hague Convention countries and then non-Hague Convention countries uh, that do or do not recognize an American court order. Uh, so it might be an interesting thing to talk about, uh, you know, bringing in, you know, someone who if you're, you're opposing your, your other side might have a lawyer here, but also have a lawyer in another country too. Um, that's something that we're seeing more, more frequently, Mark. Well, you definitely see some of that. Um, and I mean, where the concerns are, let's say that somebody's, um, you know, they might be they might be a U.S. citizen. They might not be a U.S. citizen. Okay, uh, but let's say that they've got family or ties to non-Hague uh, signatory countries. You typically, or I always, anyway, am going to want to have provisions in uh, in the decree about not being able to take the kids to non-Hague signatory countries. You want to have passport provisions and itineraries and. Right. You, you might even want to have bond provisions, and uh, so there are a whole lot of things. Now, getting into that, talking about, you know, if there are really concerns in that regard, um, that's a hard issue because that is – you can safeguard to a certain degree, but let's say – let's say, uh, just close, let's say somebody's Cuban, okay? You know, Cuba uh, – Different country, obviously, but let's say you know if you fly from here to Mexico, okay, what's to say that you aren't gonna you don't change something in Mexico to be able to fly to Cuba? Okay, that's a good point. So, yeah, so how how do you guard against that? And that's you know that's what's difficult. That's where you know you you know you want to try to make the the provisions for the passport control and. There's stuff that can be filed with the United States Secretary of State related to naming, you know, the U.S. as the home country of the children, and so that if you end up getting into any kind of litigation, you can you can deal with that. I mean, so there are different things that can be done, but you can only um, you can only protect so much. It's kind of like. You know, a protective order. A protective order has teeth, but when does it have teeth? Well, it has teeth when somebody violates it, when the police are called. You know, and so, uh, you know, it's kind of like the the thought process of, oh, well, I've got a protective order against this guy or against this woman. And it's like, that's great. It provides some teeth if they violate it, but does it keep them from violating it? Right. Well, it's like the standing order. That standing order is as good as, again, the piece of paper, you know, you are not allowed to take the kid out of the country. But when the kid is then taken out of the country and in a, you know, another, a foreign country that doesn't really care about the U.S. standing orders, right? now you've got situations that, you know, movies are based on this stuff. People, you know, going into the, you know, these countries and taking their kids back. Um, and, you know, it's, 
there's so many moving parts to this, and when your children are involved, um, there there are there you know there are other things that can happen in family law and divorce where you can hire private investigators. Um, you know, there's all sorts of other financial people that can get involved. Um, so again, something that you would want to talk to uh, your board certified family law attorney about. Uh, any more thoughts on those issues? The collateral. Well, those are all. Those are. I call them. Yeah, no, those are. Those are all really good, and it's once again, it's all dependent on case, on, on the particular facts of the case, and you know, every expert that you add uh, adds another layer of financial obligation, and sometimes those those professionals are absolutely necessary. Sometimes they're a luxury. Okay, um, you know, a lot of cases that I am involved in. Uh, you know, money is not an issue, and so we have the luxury of hiring different people's, uh, different, I should say, different professionals, so say maybe an investigator or something like that. But in, in cases like, uh, for example, I represent a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of business owners a lot of the time. Uh, business valuation is something that always comes into play. So, you know, having a business valuation X is not really a luxury. Now, a business owner can testify as to what they believe the fair market value is of a business. But I'll tell you what, I would sure much rather have a business valuation expert to testify to that than, uh, you know, Joe Blow, who's going to say, oh, no, really, trust me, it's only worth X. You know, I can tell you in right, my right. experience, well, that doesn't work real great. <laughs> so, especially, especially when Joe Blow is only a one-fifth shareholder and his brother and sister, uh, you know, don't seem to agree on his valuation. And they're wondering, is our soon-to-be ex-in-law going to still be a partner in the business? Big issues. Right. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I had, uh, uh, I had a case, oh, God, this was probably 20 years ago now, um, where a uh, number of different businesses were all owned by my client, his wife, and his in-laws. And uh, when everything blew up, boy, we ended up in involuntary bankruptcies and all kinds of different issues. So, yeah, it can make for some very, very challenging uh, litigation, no question about it. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, something that you can cross off your bucket list when done, but, again, not something that you want to do multiple times. Not something where you want to, uh, you know, cheap out on a, on a lawyer and have to have to hire another lawyer and keep going back. I mean, I, there are, I don't think there's anything as such as a perfect divorce, but you can aim for a less painful, you know, the, the, the lesser of the painful uh, scenarios, right? That's exactly right. Exactly. And then when, and then when you're all done you can go and take that wonderful vacation to celebrate your freedom, turn that page, you know, and really it's, it just, I can't stress enough from, you know, Mark will agree with me. I'm, I'm sure on, on some of these, but moving forward after your divorce, you can either spend the rest of your life hating that person, or you can spend the rest of your life living your life and focusing on your kids and being cordial to the other parent and, uh, you know, just being a good person. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if if you want to, you know, if you're going to hate somebody, and that's a lot of negative energy. <laughs> that is a, a big, expansive use of negative energy. And uh, so, hey, you know, if if you want to do that, that's up to you. I I choose not to spend my time that way. So, 
There you go. All right. Well, Mark, I've enjoyed our topic, you know, today talking about preparing for a January divorce. Um, again, I recommend that people uh, check out the website for more information and blog articles about getting through the holidays, uh, all the different family law issues generally. And Mark, for those who want to continue the dialogue, call you or have that consultation to find out where they stand, how should they get in touch? You can always call me at the office, 214-469-3100. That is the main line of our uh, Dallas office. Uh, or you can send me an email at mark at scrogginsfamilylaw.com, and uh, we'll be happy to help you out. All right. Please also remember to uh, check out the social media pages linked on the website for Scroggins Family Law, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, where we share articles and other information. And uh, it's always nice to hit the like or hit that share button uh, you know, for people who might be your friend or neighbor who are sitting down and making their list and checking it twice, uh, going through their divorce options, and you just don't know. We never know, so it's always nice to share. All right, I've had a good time. Mark, thank you, and thank you all for listening. We'll be back next month. Thank you much. All right, bye-bye now. Bye-bye.